listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. So we last week talked about let's go make a people and we talked about giving up our lives, laying down our lives because Christ has laid down his life for us. And so let's go get people, let's bring people in. And tonight we're going to talk about let's go mend the world. And the reason why we're doing these talks is because the church is about to go through all of these topics over the next five weeks. And we're actually a little bit ahead of them. And the church is asking people um, to jump in to go mend the world, to go make a people, to go give generously, to go make disciples, all of these things, okay? You know, calling us to be Christians. And for some of you guys, uh, that's just something, you you call yourself a Christian and you might not really understand what that means. Some of you maybe do understand what it means, but you're not sure if you believe it. Maybe some of you believe it and are all in. But listen, this is, I want to say for me personally, this is, I believe everything in this. It's not, a, this isn't a joke to me. This isn't something like when I come up here and I share and I speak and I, oh, we open the Bible, I believe every word in that Bible. And, I, and I, I listen to it. I listen to it. I'm an adult who listens to a book. I believe in it. And I, and I follow it. I leave my family to follow it. So, you know, yeah, I just, I challenge you to take it seriously. Because I, I do. And I take it very seriously. And I think it's the most important thing you could have and know and read. And I would just challenge you, if you're skeptical about it, read it all and then and then deny it. But if you've never read it, don't, don't deny it. It's the best story that's ever been read and ever been told. So we're going to jump into it. And one of the reasons why I love the story of the Bible is because it's about, it talks about healing. And I'm someone who desperately needs to be healed. Okay, this world is really broken. I don't have to say that much for you guys. You guys understand that. You clearly can see that the world is broken. As middle school, what's happening to you guys as you're getting older is you're going to be, over time, your eyes are going to be opened more and more to what's broken and what's wrong on this planet. Okay? Not only are your eyes going to be open to what's broken and what's wrong in the world, but it's gonna be, your eyes are going to be open to what's broken and wrong with you. And you're going to have a really hard time over the next few years maybe 10 years even, maybe 20, trying to figure out how do I reconcile, how do I heal this broken world and my broken body and my broken spirit and my broken mind and my, just the broken, how does, is there any hope? The world and culture is not stupid to this. They know that things are broken and things need to be fixed. 
There's a whole industry called advertising. Did you know that that is the mission of advertising? Find a problem, fix the problem, tell people about it, and manipulate them to buy it. Every single day, and you're like, oh, like, blah, you know, like, I don't really, you know. No, the world offers a story like the Bible as well. It says this will fix your issues, this will fix your problems. Just a little bit of a picture for you guys of the world is broken. If you're having a hard time maybe even understanding. In World War I and World War II, they're not even sure how many people died, but they know it's over 50 million people died. In 1945, the United States sent nuclear bombs and blew up two cities, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. In 1955, there was a little boy who was 14 years old, which some of you guys are pretty close to that age, and he was accused of flirting. He's a 14-year-old he's a black boy. He was accused of flirting with a white girl, and the town murdered him. In 2001, terrorists flew airplanes into the World Trade Center. In 2020, a pandemic broke out, COVID, and killed many, many people across the world. Right now, there's a war in Ukraine where 7,000 people, innocent civilians, people who have no dog in the fight, were murdered. Teenagers like you guys in this room in the United States are struggling with depression. Parents are getting divorces. Students keep receipts as a form of blackmail to hurt their friends. Brothers and sisters fight each other. Sons and daughters hate their parents. And the culture says that's the way it is. But God says this is not the way it's supposed to be. There's this belief in this world that you know, we're a sinking ship. And so what's the point? And the Bible has an answer to the sinking ship issue. Like if this ship is just sinking, why don't we just go down with it? What's the point of trying anything, bailing out water? What's the point of even caring? And God has an answer. And he wants you to be part of it. And he calls you to be part of it with your whole life. Not just the little pieces of it. If you're in this room tonight, he's calling you with your whole life to give it up. As a middle school student. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. That's in the New Testament, so that's towards the end of the Bible. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Page 309. Page 309. No, that's wrong. You're wrong. Nice. Turn. Turn. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. 562. Thank you. 562 is the page number. Therefore, this is Paul speaking, he says that, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, if anyone's a Christian, do you know what that means? If you're a Christian, that means you are a new creation. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying the old has passed away, and be the old, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. And reconciled means restore. Okay, brokenness, restore, reconcile. Christ reconciles, restores us to himself. And gave us the ministry of restoring reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. What's the answer to the sinking ship problem? Christ, God is reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses, which is their mistakes against them and their sins, and entrusting to us a message of restoration, reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors, which is like a liaison, a messenger for Christ. 
That's your message. God making his appeal through us. The world getting to see God in us. And we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, be restored to God. For our sake, he made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin so that in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. In your sins, you are in opposition to God. You are made to be in relationship with God. But in sin, you will become an opponent and enemy of God. But in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, in Jesus, you are reconciled. You go from enemy of God to friend of God in Jesus. And then we are called to be a messenger, a liaison, an ambassador of this story of restoration and reconciliation. Relationship with God is the key to fixing the sinking ship, to mending a world. But how can a sinner like you have a relationship with a holy God? It's only possible because of Jesus. Jesus heals, Jesus saves, and Jesus is making all things new. So go mend the world. Jesus heals. When Jesus descended from heaven and came to earth, do you know what he did? He did some amazing things. In John 5, 2, John 5, 2, you can turn there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 5, 2, chapter 5, verses 2 through 9. 520. No, not 519. 519. John 5, 2 through 9. John 5, 2 through 9. 520. In the blue books. Listen. This is what, look what Jesus does here. There is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay multitude of invalids, people who are very broken, extremely broken people, blind, lame, paralyzed. One man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, Jesus said to him, do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered him, sir, I'm, you know, I can't walk. Of course I want to be healed. Sir, I have no one to put me into this pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. And when Jesus said those words, at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. When God sends his son to earth, amazing things happen. We begin to see healing. When Jesus came to earth the first time, we saw, we see healing. Blind people can see, paralyzed people can walk, the demons are casted out. Dead people are raised from the dead. And Jesus does all those, all this to show us what? He, he does this as signs to show us that a day is coming when disease will be defeated, demons will be defeated, death will be defeated, and sin. It will all be destroyed. And everything would be made right. The goal of Jesus' healing is not just for people to be rescued from diseases. Although that's great, right? The goal of Jesus' healing is not for them to be just rescued from an earthly death, but the goal for his healing is so that those people could know God. Because there's something more important to healing. Do you know what that is? 
More than healing your physical ailments, Jesus wants to save you. Jesus saves. Go to John 8, 3 through 11. It's just a few pages over. John 8, 3 through 11. The scribes and Pharisees, they bring a woman out who had been caught in sin, in adultery, which means she was cheating on her husband. She was caught cheating on her husband. And so they grab her out of that moment, of that sin, and, and, and they place her in the midst. And they said to Jesus, they place her in front of Jesus, and, and they said to Jesus, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of sin, of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, God commands us to stone such women. And they say, what do you say to that, Jesus? They did this to test Jesus, that he might have some charge to bring against him. But Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard this, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. In this story, you have a woman caught in adultery and sin. Think about your secrets. Think about the things you regret. Think about if someone saw that and caught you and brought you into your friend group and said, look at what this person has done. And they showed the video of what you did. The things that you, you do not want anyone to see. And everyone sees it. Think about that. That is what's happening here. And what does Jesus do in that moment? He says, if anyone has no sin in them, then go ahead and stone this woman. But of course, everyone has sinned, right? Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone has disobeyed. Except Jesus, though. You guys realize this. There's only one person left. It's Jesus. Jesus has not sinned. Do you know Jesus, according to the law of God, has every right to throw stones at her and kill her? And if he were to have done that, no one would have charged him with anything. He would have been right to do that. But he says, I forgive you. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Wait. What? Did she just get off the hook for her sin? Who's going to pay the price for what she did to her husband? Who's going to pay the price for that sin? Who's going to pay the price for your sin? She deserved to die. But do you guys know what Jesus is doing there? He knows what's about to happen to them. He knows that he's going to die for her. And he knows he's going to die for you and for me. He saves her by laying down his life for her. Look at Go back to 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is great. Jesus saves, listen, Jesus saves. God made Jesus to be sin. And he was sinless. So that in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. And Jesus heals and Jesus saves. He does this to restore all things back to the way they are supposed to be. 
the way that they are supposed to work. God, go mend the world. Because Jesus heals, saves, and he's making all things new. Turn to Revelation 21, 1 through 5. The very back of the Bible. 21, 1 through 5. Listen, when Jesus came the first time, he brought healing, right? Okay, you following me? What happened when he came the first time? We saw the reverse of disease, the reverse of sin, reverse of death. Look what's going to happen the second time when he comes back. Look what he's going to do to heaven and to earth. This is what I look forward to, and I believe this 100%. This is not a fairy tale. I may never see this in my life, but this is what I'm charging forward with. This is my hope and my belief. I cannot wait to see it happen. Listen, this is Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. This is the end of time. And the sea was no more. And then I see this holy city, this new Jerusalem, coming down out from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and he will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away, Jesus will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne, this is Jesus, he says, Behold, I'm making all things new. I am mending the world. We are living in a world that is broken and sinful. But we're also living in a world that through the power of the Holy Spirit, God is using that to heal and make things new and better. It's happening now. It's happening in me. It's happening in you if you believe in Jesus. Jesus is healing through his church, through his people, through you and me. He says the church is the body of Christ. The church is the hands and feet of Jesus. How is the world going to be healed? He's going to use you to heal it, to bring healing, to make all things. He invites you into this healing and saving and making all things new. It's the meaning and purpose of your life. And no matter what you do with your life, do it for this, to heal the world, to make a people, to make disciples, to lay down your life. Do it. Do it now in middle school. You don't have to wait. Go to Matthew 25, 31 through 40. You guys know what the heck this guy did. Jesus talks about what it looks like to mend the world when he leaves and what it looks like in the end times and which we are living in. We're close. I don't know when it's going to be, but we, God, Jesus said it was, it was coming soon a long time ago and it's, it's coming soon. Matthew 25, 31 through 40. When the Son of Man, Jesus, comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him, all the nations will be gathered. And then he's going to take the people and he's going to separate them out from sheep, from the goats, from the righteous and the unrighteous. And he'll place the sheep to his right, but the goats on the left. And then the king, Jesus, will say to those on the right, 
the sheep, come. You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And he says this, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous, the sheep will answer him saying, Jesus, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And Jesus answered them saying, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. If you want to know Jesus, go mend the world. Find the least of these. Pray for them and help them. Pray for them and help them until Jesus returns. Pray for the least of these and help them. Stop making life about you. What a worthless way to live. You're so tiny. You're so small. And you're making it all about you. You're making it all about you. Stop. Of course you're anxious. You're making, you put so much pressure on yourself. It's not about you. The world, the, nothing revolves around you. How did it bring it to you? But listen, stop. If you want to find healing, stop. Pray for those who are least and help them. I'm telling you, when you lose your life and you lose it, you're going to find it in fullness and it's, it's amazing. You'll find Jesus there. I'll pray for you guys. Father, thank you for uh, your word. Thank you for these students.